Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow! Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going down? I'm doing great. I'm doing even better, in fact, because I've just read that the robot restaurant is back in oh, your friend no. of mine, Shinjuku. No. The robot restaurant is back. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised, to be honest. I, I think mm. the real surprise was that it just stayed shut. Indefinitely, I always wondered if it was coming back, given that it was like the number one tourist thing to do yeah. in Tokyo. It must have been a serious cash cow for the folks in Shinjuku, right? Mm. But uh, yeah, you can we can go there, we can see some robots and blow staggering amounts of money. <laughs> staggering amounts of money, we can. Uh, I was reading that uh, uh, somebody on I don't know what I don't know what um, newspaper this is. It kind of looks like the Daily Mail travel pages, I think. But uh, a woman called Hilary Mahoney mm. uh, is writing, like you know, like questions to the editor or questions to the you know the, whoever's writing the uh, right writing, mm-hmm. the, writing the section. Um, my eleven-year-old granddaughter Poppy is an avid anime fan, uh, so I have uh, she put a lovely little uh, accent over the either. Uh, so I've suggested that I treat her and her parents to a trip to Japan, taking in the usual sights as well as visits to uh, Studio Ghibli and also uh, and other anime highlights uh, my budget could be about £25,000 do you have any idea on where I start organising this and somebody's just taken a picture of it and tweeted I beg your pardon <laughs> now it, that does seem that does seem like a lot of money but you do sort of go right family that automatically adds up like to about ten grand. Like it's it's you just sort of go, I, I right, I, I see how they could spend twenty five thousand pounds. But even for Japan that seems excessive. <laughs> God yeah. Like what the hell Taxis I mean, everywhere. You could just stay in a top hotel room. <laughs> I guess taxis, so, yeah. Taxis, taxis everywhere, rooms. yeah. <laughs> Michelin star dining. Yeah. Robot restaurant five times. Uh, yeah. You could you could do a lot. Yeah. If he, I I know someone who runs a um, a top 
like a top luxury travel company who specializes in like billionaires yeah. and you know she's told me some pretty ludicrous things in the past like she had one client who uh just like booked the the whole golden pavilion to the for themselves in Kyoto. Good just the whole thing king kakuji temple i want it i want that and just, you get to have dinner like there in the shadow of the temple to yourself right. for something like i think it cost something like 20 to 30,000 dollars or something um, the, so amount that, that, the, the amount of business, the amount of business they, they get, though, you think that they that would be way more than thirty, you know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand pounds. It might have been more. It might have been forty. I'm right. not sure. Okay. Um, all I remember was thinking that's that's an obscene amount of money. I remember not to those clients, and a lot of those clients like use helicopters as well. So you could spend twenty five grand right. just going a helicopter. It costs three hundred dollars for a helicopter ride over Tokyo. Mm. Last time I checked. Yeah, just I mean that, that's a great. Yeah, but if you sort of go right, if you need to get one side of Tokyo to the other or get to the airport, it's probably, you know, mm. <laughs> if a if a taxi is about eighty quid, you just be like, well, you know, can you fly me to Kyoto, please? Just land straight in the middle of <laughs> say in the middle of a temple. Yeah, I think I I was uh, I I was once <laughs> at a place called oh some kind of palace, uh, an old it was an old kind of rich person Hollywood actors retreat in the Cotswolds I think it was and mm. it was um, some you know all Ooh. the fucking Tories lived there and stuff back in the day all, all the peers and uh, they um, mm. we were there and it was like super fancy and I remember in the night this is massive palatial sort of courtyard where everyone's got their um, you know their, their tax free uh, old um, you know retro cars and stuff and I was driving up my Fiat 500 um, and uh and and they'd set up for the evening. They'd set up um, a big sign, a big fire. It wasn't even fireworks. It was just a big LED sign that said "Happy Birthday, John." And they played um, the Titanic theme music, right? And it cost them to do just that oh, with God. a big sign saying "Happy Birthday, John." That was twenty grand. And it's like that is fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. Bit of Titanic went on, went off. That was it. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh. What a waste of money. Yep. Honestly. <laughs> honestly. 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 But, like, I don't know, 25 grand in Japan. Just just stay at some really nice yokans. Did, did they say how long it was that they were here? Like, like how long they're here? Oh, I, no, I didn't. It, just, it was just it was just a letter to the uh, editor that's uh, upset a lot of people on uh, online. I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I mean, if it's, two, if it's a two-week holiday, that's an excessive amount. But uh, good luck to them. Go and rent King Kakaji Temple. Splash around. <laughs> um, I've had a fun week. We finally found a uh, studio. Speaking of bloody oh. tons of money, we found a brand new studio in Tokyo. It's done. It's done. I'm free. I say I'm free. We've got to move the whole thing now, <laughs> which is just a nightmare. It's about to begin, right? But mm. uh, yeah, it's a nice. It's a nice place. It's fairly central to Tokyo. Um, it's it's weird. It's bigger than. The old one, which I'm currently in right now, which I've come back to Sendai for. Mm. Um, and I remember I came in here the other day into the old studio and I just I just felt small. Yeah. Which I think is a testament to the fact that the new one's bigger. I don't really know how much bigger it is. I think it's probably 30 to 40% mm. larger. Um, and it's a slightly nicer building uh, than this one. This is like a building from the 1970s. But uh, yeah, it's really exciting. It's going to be it's going to be cool once the stressful moving of everything is taken care of. It's going to be cool to be able to just do this and record 
a video without having to come all the way back to Sendai, as I have done this week. But, uh, yeah, exciting times ahead. Yeah. I, I, what were you kind of looking for with this um, uh, with this setup? What what differed from what you were the, the, the using before? Just a little bit bigger, a little bit more spacious, a little bit more space for activities? Yeah, it's 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 got uh, it's got more than one toilet, which is always good. Ooh. So I can yes, choose which toilet. Choose your own adventure. So when you, when you come here, Pete... You could be like, shall I have the left toilet or the right toilet? The possibilities are quite literally endless, <laughs> limitless. Um, but it's bigger because we'll probably have more people in it. Um, mm. We'll probably have more f- folks inside it uh, for a lot of the time during the week and whatnot. And um, yeah, I, I, I like my greatest regret with this studio, which I love dearly. Mm. It's my favorite thing is that, uh, you know, I just couldn't show people the studio because it's not in Tokyo so to have it in Tokyo is going to be amazing you can have people swing by and also we're looking at another reason it's slightly bigger is I wanted to kind of expand the studio slightly uh, as well one big problem with it is I don't film down the left street that much that makes it sound a lot bigger than it is <laughs> the left street <laughs> the left of my street. studio but like the left side of it right the, with the, the the distant street mm. um, with the candy store and the electronic store and stuff I don't yeah. get to film there often because it's kind of cramped and difficult to do. Um, so I'd like to expand that and then add in like a 1980s Japanese kind of sitting room, mm. living room. And I think that could be really fun. Yeah. Um, so that's something we're looking at doing. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And on top of that, been doing Journey Across Japan, which is just about to finish. Very Yay! That's, Four episodes of adventure. That was uh, how, how was it? How has it been received? As we were discussing last week, it's a it's a chilly experience <laughs> in the middle of summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, the first two episodes didn't do that well for mm. whatever reason. Probably, I don't know, could be dodgy thumbnails. Not mm. enticing titles. Mm. It's one of those things. Oh, and also, I released it on Monday and Tuesday. And a little fun fact is the best day to release YouTube videos is Saturday and Sunday, naturally, when people are off work. Especially ah. if the videos are longer. I thought it was like Sunday. Ours are, but, um, I thought Sunday was terrible. Yeah. Interesting. No, no, no. Because on Sunday, you know, people are off work, chilling, mm. doing nothing other than watching succession finales, as I was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's kind of a good day to release. But um, the third episode did pretty well. Um, Maybe our best one yet. We had a wrap off between Natsuki, DJ Rapsky. No, was it DJ Rapsky and uh, DJ Dr. Jelly? <laughs> and uh, they had a wrap off against each other. That was pretty fun. We went to uh, Ainu Village, the indigenous uh, Ainu Village, um, which I don't know if we've ever talked about in the podcast before, but in Hokkaido, there are. Uh, an indigenous people, the Ainu folks, and they've been around Hokkaido for hundreds of years, mm. um, thousand years or so. And then in the kind of 19th century, the folks from the mainland Japan turned up and were like, oh, you've got all the fertile land. How about we'll have that? And you go over there into the mountains of nothing. And they basically moved all the Ainu folks away from the fertile, nice coastal areas inland to these kind of really landlocked mountainous regions, a little bit barren. Um, but it was there we went to this Ainu Koltan, this Ainu village. And um, it was really cool, really nice vibe. Ate some deer because that's oh. what they eat. They oh, ate the deer, um, which is delicious. Or as Natsuki calls it, Bambi's meat. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was a good trip. Good trip all along. We went to um, we went to the the coldest town in all of Japan called uh, Nikubetsu, which is uh, 
it's had a, a like a record minus 38 degrees Celsius there. But throughout the year, it's the coldest town in Japan. And ironically, when we went there, in the last episode, we went to um, the most eastern accessible point in Japan, um, in East Hokkaido. And that was really cold, it was like minus 20. And then we went to the coldest town in Japan, and it was minus 2. So it was quite anticlimactic, but luckily the rap <laughs> kind of brought it back from the brink. Um, it's a good episode. It's a good episode. Good stuff. But, yeah, check it out. Check it out now on Abroad in Japan. It's good. We've got a story this week from Justin from Melbourne, who says, Hello, Chris and P. When I was 16 years old, so about seven years ago, I was living in Kyoto as an exchange student. One day, I decided to spice things up a bit by going out for a night <laughs> with some friends of mine who were also expats. There was some miscommunication, and I was under the impression that I'd be able to stay the night at my friend's house, but that turned out to be not the case. There I was, stuck in Kyoto, having missed the final train of the evening. I decided to make the most of it by letting my feet take me and aimlessly wandering around the streets of Kyoto at 1am. Shortly after, three Japanese men with suitcases approached me and asked me what I was up to. While they seemed friendly, I got flustered and told them... I was not, in fact, 16, but 22 years old. Oh, dear. Uh, and I was looking for a bar to drink at. Very naughty, very naughty, Justin. This seemed easier to digest than admitting <laughs> that I was a 16-year-old that was homeless for the night. They invited me to come with them, and I was obliged, thinking that we were going just uh, to walk a few metres. They then called a taxi. Oh, dear. There I was, wondering how stupid I might be to jump in a taxi with three strangers. I figured that it was Japan, so why not? And I did it anyway. Ten minutes later, we arrive in a dodgy-looking district and exit the taxi. Outside of the bar entrance were two very beefy-looking Japanese men, covered in tattoos from head to toe. Something fell off, but curiosity got the better of me. I walked into the bar, and the first thing I noticed was that all the staff were female and looked borderline underage. Uh, I realised I was not too far gone to bail at this point, so I went with the flow. Um, when I asked for the bill, an hour later, I was mortified when one hour at the bar with two beers totaled 40,000 yen. I had no more than 5,000 yen in my wallet and was in a panic, thinking I was going to get my finger chopped off by the two men outside. Then suddenly, one of the three men I came with handed over five 10,000 yen notes to the lady at the bar. We left and still trembling... I asked what kind of bar that was. They then explained the concept of kabakura uh, in Japan, where you pay an hourly rate to essentially speak to attractive young women. Needless to say, it was an experience that the innocent 16-year-old me expected. Cheers, guys. Justin from Melbourne. <laughs> Good God. A real baptism of fire there. But luckily, uh, a lucky escape could have ended much worse. As we've uh, discussed in the past, such bars you can leave with a pretty spectacular dent in your credit card. Mm. Um what do you think, Pete? Though a lucky escape, a good experience. What do you I, make? I mean, of it? I mean, I'm glad it went well. <laughs> At 16 years old, just cutting around <laughs> Kyoto, the, the the night spots of uh, of Kyoto. Fantastic stuff. Look, well done. I mean, look, what what a what a great story that could have ended incredibly badly. And, and well done on the uh, uh, on the on, on the randoms who. Uh, oh, oh, one of the three men they came in with. I, I, I thought it was some randoms who came over and get handed over five uh, one a ten thousand yen notes. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of cash to uh, be churning out, isn't it? I mean, it's. Like that's I've I don't think I've ever been I think I've been to Kabakura once because mm. there's a a fundamental difference between snack bars and Kabakura. Snack bars are way cheaper. 
they're everywhere and it's just a, some women just talking mm. and giving you snacks. And it's, whereas Kabakura, the women are really heavily sent, incentivized to sort of get the money out of you, get you buying them drinks, get you buying the champagne, have like a big campai cheers for everyone. So yeah, very pricey. I don't see the point. I've never really got it, um, but still very popular mm. and very bizarre. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just a bit rubbish. <laughs> just a bit stupid, I don't know. I, 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 I appreciate Japanese culture through and through, but in the same way I f- feel about pachinko and mm. chucking away all your money on some... <laughs> steel fucking ball bearings going round in circles. I feel the exact same way about Kabakura. There yeah. are better ways to, to spend your money on a night out, for sure, for real. Um, don't do it. Don't do it. Do it once. Do it once. Do it Get once. your friend to pay. <laughs> Get Pete to pay. Pete, Pete will uh, pay for you. I'll pay for you. He'll do it. The, um, He'll pay. I, uh, I've, actually, uh, I've actually got a bit of an announcement, Chris. I've actually um, uh, booked the time off for uh, heading over in uh, in late August, early uh, September. You so what? me and uh, me and my partner are going to be uh, coming over oh, that's good. late. Uh, it's sort of um, I know. They they say and I say don't come in August because it's too hot. We're going to be coming in late August, so there we go. <laughs> Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. Fantastic. Long Couldn't and wait. ironically, yeah, it's the one time. It's the one time of the year that I'm in England recording <laughs> <Is it? laughs> the fucking stuff. audiobook. Good stuff. Yeah. Good so stuff. we're not going to bloody see you. When are you? Oh, what, when are you going to be on for the fucking audiobook? <laughs> I don't know, like the second or last week of August or something. Oh well, I mean, yeah, it's it's only creepy into August a little bit. I'll be I'll be doing some bits in September as well. So yeah, <laughs> always the way. Oh well, oh. <clears throat> we'll figure it out. Oh, God. It's well, before. anyway, it's more important that you have a holiday, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's been a very very long think, time since I've been. Yeah, there. And, and your partner's never been to Japan, right? No, Sarah's she she came been. she came on a on a on a I think a one day or two day um, stopover for on the way to Australia, but uh, I think it was very much. Um, dealing with jet lag and getting pissed in in Shinjuku, <laughs> which which you'll do a lot more of, to be quite <laughs> frank. <laughs> Naturally, and now of course you can take a to robot restaurant because it's back open. Yeah, so get in. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what's going on in Japan this week, Mister Dawson? What is the news? Give us some happy. Light-hearted news to fill our hearts oh, with love and oh, joy. Oh dear, as you always uh, do. Oh ah, oh, about that. Um, oh, oh dear. Oh um, yeah. Uh, a suspected bear attack in Hokkaido's Lake. Uh, Shumaranai uh, district this month has raised concerns about officials and bear experts uh, that the island's growing uh, population of brown bears now estimated at 12,000 is increasing the risks of deadly encounters. The police are investigating the disappearance of a 54 year old man, uh, Toshihiro Nishikawa, who was fishing by himself at the lake located at the town of uh, Horakanai. Um, and uh, I think we spoke about this last week, I think, on the show. The police um, spotted, um, or an eyewitness, did, yeah. rather, spotted a bear with um, a uh, unidentified human head, uh, which obviously scared the shit out of everyone. And um, most bear attacks occur in the spring and autumn months, particularly between April and June, as the bears are emerging from hibernation. Uh, the exact population of Hokkaido brown bears is difficult to pin down, but they've definitely dub- doubled over the three-decade period between 1990 and 2020. Will there be a bear call is the question, uh, Chris, because that's obviously um, a recent joint survey by the Hokkaido Shimbun and the Hokkaido Hunters Association showed that the hunters are ageing and falling in number. So there are fewer bear hunters and obviously that means more 
bears. So um, hunters groups mm. find themselves getting more calls for help from local governments after bear sightings. And uh, yeah, there, there, there just seems to be a real um, issue with bears encroaching on humans' habitat. Uh, and those who care about animals would probably say for the record that uh, it's very much the bears' habitat that we're encroaching on and have been for for, for centuries but uh yeah it's uh it, it's it's uh, it's it's one of those things where bear beast and man cannot seem to get along in this particular situation because bears are fucking huge and hungry all of the time yeah i mean <laughs> if i'd seen there was a bear story coming this week i would have killed it not the bear the story because <laughs> we've covered bears a lot so many um, bears so i got some bear trivia for you do you know which country is the most bear attacks in the world oh test uh bear so many bear attacks in the world it's got to be no i'm going to say something ridiculous so i'm not even going to bother <laughs> i'm trying to think like what's really built up but there's lots of like what like what's really built up and slightly cold and you know i mean is it russia Come on. Yeah, it's Russia. Well Is it done. Russia? There we go. You're a genius. Right, fine, thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, and <laughs> I think Russia, it's... Uh, I, I don't think I have the exact numbers. That's kind of sad. <laughs> Good, cool. Uh, I've Good got stuff. the statistic. 35... 2000-2015, there right. were 35 bear attacks in Japan. So really... We are bigging up something that uh, mm. isn't as much of an issue as we make it out to be, really. Mm. Um, it's just when it does happen, it hits the news in a big way. And um, it's often very graphic and unpleasant as well. But, uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I, it's weird. I feel... I like bears. I feel sad for them. Yeah. Because they just want to live in harmony. But then they get a bit hungry. And then wanna, there's people just wandering a, around the fields a, of Hokkaido. Bad things happen. I want to do a parody of um, um, girls on film. Guys and bears. <laughs> Guys and bears. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Oh dear. Mm. Oh, dear. I forgot, oh dear. I forgot about your bloody song, <laughs> Guys with Swords. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what we can say about bears. That hasn't already been said a thousand times on this podcast. But <laughs> stay vigilant. Stay careful. Take bear mm. spray when travelling around Hokkaido in summer. Um, yeah, it's all well and good till someone gets eaten by a bear, and um, <laughs> don't let that be you. No, um, obviously we took precautions on the cycle though. We did have uh, a can each of bear spray, and I remember there was at least two or three moments where Connor and I went off the real beaten path mm. to some areas that I I was a little bit scary because these sort of long grass areas where bears can just pop out and whatnot, uh, and they don't like being startled. And Connor and I speeding through at twenty kilometers an hour. Um, wasn't probably the best way to, no. to, you know, a great way to startle a bear. But no, we were lucky. Everything went smoothly. Maybe because it's not as bad in uh, in September. Mm. But um, yeah, be careful. Be careful. Um, we'll be back in just a moment, guys, for your stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with a fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? Oh, more from Saudi Arabia. Dear curmudgeon Chris and persnickety Pete, <laughs> I have a question about geisha uh, Maiko shows in Kyoto. Do they accommodate for people who don't drink alcohol or, have, or who have special dietary restrictions? We don't want to come off as rude by turning uh, down their hospitality. All the best. More from Saudi Arabia. Surely these mm, shows are built for foreign, um, foreign viewers, uh, Chris, and um, must have kind of pop their head into the the new century yeah i mean uh geisha micah like it's quite hard to see geisha in um kyoto when i was down there i thought we were gonna go and see them at one point this uh, a friend of mine a japanese guy was like yeah let's go and see some geisha that didn't happen but what we did do is we went to a bar and in the bar there was a geisha in training like a michael mm. um so a younger girl i think she was he was really young she was like 17 or 18 or something and it was kind of depressing actually because <laughs> there was a there was a, the girl was really nice and very smart she was surprisingly bilingual mm. as well just started speaking english which really took me off guard and um we were like oh do you enjoy doing this and she was like oh i don't know and it was like oh shit that's not what i want to hear mm. i thought you'd be loving it and she was really upfront and blunt and sort of said oh, i wish i could travel the world this is kind of not that good mm. and uh I, there was a sense of regret in her voice yeah. from it and it kind of made me wonder she said she got into it because she was into she she loved the dancing and the sort of songs and the more playful aspects of it but um the sad truth for this girl at this bar was you know while guys just pour the the bar staff were just pouring drinks for the customers like myself she would sort of had to go up and down and talk to them all and sort of entertain them um it just d- didn't look that good for her unfortunately um amazing outfit though the the dress and what she was wearing were amazing i think you can see a photo of her as well on my Twitter mm. uh, and just social media. After the Kyoto bar video that I posted back in uh, April, I posted some photos and you can see her there. Really nice girl. But I don't actually know if you can see Geisha in Kyoto without having known somebody who has access to the places already. And I only learned about the system while I was there on this trip. But basically, to go to a Geisha house, you have to be introduced by somebody who's already been. And then uh, they... When you do go, the person who's taking you has to pay for you as well. Right, like okay. You, you're not allowed to pay on your first time. The person that takes you has to pay. Interesting. And it's this very sort of quite impressive traditional system. So, yeah, at best you'll see some Maiko if you go to Kyoto. 
Um, you might have like a mica experience. It's not the real thing, unfortunately, and it's quite prohibitively expensive. So, yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it personally, um, but they are fine if you don't drink alcohol, and I think they're fine with dietary re- restrictions. But, um, yeah, bear in mind these sort of experiences aren't kind of the real thing when you do get them in Kyoto. we got one here from Trent who says, Greetings Crispy Chicken Chris. I'm bloody hungry, Trent. How dare you bring up food at this moment? I haven't had lunch yet. And Plain Loving Peak. This is Trent from Denver, Colorado. I'm ashamed to admit, or unashamed to admit rather, uh, but I recently went through rehab for my addiction, my addiction to alcohol. So sadly, no more strong zeros for me outside of Sensoji Temple. This whole experience left me wondering, what is Japan's view on addiction, beer, alcohol or something else? How do they treat addiction, if at all? I know their view on mental health is not the most healthy. Wishing you the best, guys, Trent. Um, good, good on you, Trent. I hope you got out the other side of it all right. Um, honestly, uh, everyone I know who's in Japan who's addicted, it's usually cigarettes and... For the most part, yeah, that they haven't stopped. Even though Japan's had a massive crackdown on where you can smoke, mm. uh, it's it's Pete uh, hasn't stopped people like Natsuki from doing it. So, yeah, but I don't I don't think it's viewed. Yeah, I don't I don't really know too much, mate. I'm not I'm not well versed on that. Mm. Uh, any thoughts, Pete? No, I I, I mean obviously um, I've, I, we all. We're a bit fast and loose with our celebration of uh, of liquor and stuff on on this podcast, regrettably, because I am uh, a big lush. But uh, the um, <laughs> but I think um, uh, yeah, I don't, I, in the same way that I don't think Japan is the very best at their um, social services and you know mental health treatment, um, I can't imagine addiction is that much uh, different. I mean, on the trains and. Um, and uh, subways and uh, you know just walking around you don't see a lot of mm. kind of adverts for um, uh, you know uh, temperance and, and, and calming your shit down a little bit so yeah I, I, I would suggest that it probably isn't great uh, because so many people are uh, you know indulging uh, all of the time but uh, you know who knows where it'll sort of stand in, in, in maybe 10 years time because uh, obviously uh, the ageing population uh, is a massive strain on their um, health service and, and and stuff like that so um, if, you've, if you're adding in sort of um, addiction to booze I mean that's that's only going to make things worse and um, there'll probably be some kind of governmental uh, impetus to, to, to change that all so uh, yeah I don't know how it's uh, treated in, in Japan maybe we'll look that up and um, maybe somebody who's experienced it in Japan can let us know uh, on the email address. What is the email address again, Chris? I've completely forgot. Abroad in Japan at gmail.com. Abroad in Japan podcast? Abroad in Japan. What is it? How have you, for- how have you forgotten? I know. How have you forgotten? I never have to say it, though. Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. Pete. Sorry, everyone. After all this time. <laughs> shocking. Shocking. Well, the good news is, yeah, Japan has uh, seen a drop in smoking, um, but uh, in 2019, the smoking rate was around 18%, so still pretty high mm. by the standards of uh, by the standards of the West, anyway. But uh, I, yeah, I, I remember back in the earlier days, you know, you'd be sitting in an izakaya, and someone who worked for a smoking company could just walk in and give you free cigarettes to yeah. try and test mm-hmm. the new flavors. And it's just, I remember just being absolutely shocked at this because I'd come from the UK where. Of course, around that time, they were putting pictures of people with lung cancer and just horrible cancerous tumours on yeah. packets. And then you come to Japan, there's no, there was no such thing. And you've just get, being gifted, effectively, free cigarettes. Mm. Um, and you can smoke indoors. That doesn't seem to happen anymore. Smoking indoors is becoming increasingly rare, which is very good. So, yeah, the numbers are down. So that's... Uh, on the, in, the, in, in terms of smoking, 
things are heading in the right direction. Can't say the same for drinking, although I do think we, we talked about it in a previous podcast, didn't we, how younger folks were drinking less alcohol mm. and this had shaken up the distillery industry in Japan a little bit mm. because people just don't drink as much now than as they used to. And I think that's probably a very good thing as well. We've got one last uh, question here from Alan, who says, Hello, Curtius Chris and proper Pete. I'm Alan from sunny Swindon in the UK. Sunny Swindon. Sunny My Swindon. question relates to Japan's heritage railway scene. Is there a big scene like there is in the UK where there are several heritage railways across the country? Or just is it just the chilly Snow Express in Hokkaido that featured on Journey Across Japan? All the best, guys. Alan. Um, there are... Uh, there, yeah, there is, there is. I don't think, I don't know how it compares to the UK's train scene, mm. but I will say, like the the uh, the Fuyuno Shingen or the Fuyu Shitsugen, I can't remember the exact name of it. The, the winter train we featured on Journey Across Japan, uh, where Natsuki and I rode it across the fields of Hokkaido, across the uh, wetlands. That was really cool, and that was only open for about three or four weeks of the year in February. So, um, a really limited thing um but one that i recommend checking out it was an amazing experience just because of the sort of party like great gatsby-esque atmosphere of the train no matter how much natsuki liked to think it was like harry potter it wasn't it was like great gatsby it was more of a party than than that um but uh, there are lots of train companies and there's the seven star luxury express in kyushu which uses a slightly older train, I think, but uh, I think that's also modern. So I don't know, unfortunately, Alan. I'm not your guy, but I do know Japan does have one of the most sort of diverse ranges of train experiences uh, going, and there are so many channels these days popping up just covering trains in Japan. Have you seen these channels, Pete? The sleeper trains, the steam trains, the night trains that are mm. popping up everywhere. They're always YouTube. very they're always very popular on YouTube. I know, I know that much. Uh, people seem to really like them because it's just Extremely, like yeah. because a lot of um, public transport just does not look like that and Japan will indulge in small run <laughs> bespoke little experiences like that and it's really um yeah it's 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 really nice to see it looks really bougie and nice but like yeah i like i i've seen so many videos there are so many little train lines that run uh, around around japan it really is the the um the country that mm. really respects and loves train travel respect the trains <laughs> respect the train travel but yeah it's, it's a cool country for that get on the sleeper train you've got to do it once keep the stories questions comments coming in to Born Japan Podcast at gmail.com we'll be back later in the week guys to all over again but for now do check out the final episodes of Journey Across Japan Frozen Frontier check out the train the beautiful train there uh, but for now guys yeah have a great few days we'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Born Japan Podcast bye for now bye bye in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com